Welcome to Meaningful Desire. In this episode, I talk about how one can move from resentment into desire and some of the practices I do to, to do this. Enjoy! Hello friends. In this video, I'm gonna discuss with you a topic which in my experience has um, greatly improved my practice, my personal well-being, and the way I relate to people in my life. And that topic is moving from resentment into desire. So before we dive into the topic, I believe it's best if we make sure that we're talking about the same thing. So what is resentment? So an ordinary lookup in the internet results that resentment is bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. So there's the element of bitterness, uh, a feeling that's not good, it's indignation that results out of me feeling that I've been treated unfairly. This, this is like an injust, injustice that happened and I happen to be the recipient of that injustice. So those are the elements in this first uh, approximation of what we mean when we say resentment. Going a bit further, this is from page 167 of The Art of Travel by Alain de Botton. He says that what defies our will can provoke anger and resentment. It may also arouse awe and respect. We are humiliated by what is powerful and mean, but awed by what is powerful and noble. So this, this, kind, this um, quotation from the book kind of links desire with resentment. So in the quotation, it says that if our will is frustrated, so we could substitute, if our desire, if we don't get what we want, it's either we feel anger and resentment, if most likely if the reason we didn't get our desire, we didn't, we weren't able to exercise our will, there was a spirit of meanness in the way we didn't get it. But that's the shadow side of it. And the light side of it is it's possible that the way we did not get our the, the, the thing we desire or the way our will was frustrated was such done in such a noble way that we actually feel awe instead of anger. So an example would be, let's say I'm climbing a mountain, it's such a great mountain and I was not able to reach the, the summit. But because it's so grandiose, I don't feel resentful at the mountain, you know, it's just like I actually become better and there's that 
Rene Maria Rilke poem that uh, this is how he grows by being constantly defeated by greater beings. So in that poem, he's talking about there's in the Old Testament, there are people who wrestle with angels. They know they're not going to win, but they still do it. And it's because that's how they grow. So that's a positive side of this. The negative side is, oh, I feel cheated, like um, the system got me. Now that's where the resentment comes from. When there's a sense that this is not the way it should be and others are getting more than me and I'm not getting my share. So that's the flavor of resentment. So what else do we have? So this is from Facebook. Anger, or you know, someone shared it, and I'm not sure what the, what the provenance is, but we'll take it, we'll take what's useful. So anger is the way we punish ourselves for other people's mistakes. Hmm. <laughs> Resentment is drinking poison, hoping that the other person will get sick. So that's the thing. When I'm being resentful at someone, that someone might not be even aware that I'm being resentful. So I'm actually the one that's being poisoned. It's it's my feelings, it's my emotions, my consciousness that's being poisoned by my resentment, even though the person who I'm directing my resentment to may not be even aware of it. They might not even know that I'm resentful at them. So that's that the, the, there's that element. And again, as in this all these videos of me talking about these things, this is a partial truth because anger has its place, you know. Anger is a natural reaction if our boundaries are crossed. So I'm I'm looking at the other partial truth that there's a sense that sometimes if we don't move on from the anger and the resentment it's hurting us more than it's benefiting us. It benefits us when resentment and anger allows us to keep our boundaries, but it hurts us when 10 years later we're still being bitter or we're still being affected by something that happened in kindergarten, something like that. So I'm just exaggerating it for effect. So what else do we have? So going deeper into the etymology of it so we already discussed that resent resentment has the flavor of taking something ill you know the poison i'm the one drinking the poison being some degree angry or provoked at we've, we've talked about that it's from the french ressentir feel pain regret from old french ressentir feel again feel in turn so in this last bit in this etymology from the etymolo etymology dictionary this is this is the more expanded view of how we are gonna define resentment for the purposes of this video so resentment is something that we're feeling again and again so a good way that i visualize this in my head is I'm resentful when there's like a loop inside my head of something that's already finished. 
something that already happened, something already beyond my control. It's no longer happening now. It not it does not necessarily have to deal with perceived injustice as we've just discussed. It can also be something nice, like um, let's say I had to make out with this amazing woman that happened like a week ago. If it's still playing in my head and it's preventing me from being with a client, with a friend, with reading a book, if it's preventing me from doing that because this tape is on replay inside my head, that's also a form of resentment for the purposes of this video. So that's what we're dealing at. How do we move away from this endless loop of something that's already passed, that's already happened, it's already out of our control? How do we move on from that into desire, into the present, into what we want right now? So that is the question we're delving into. So the way I um, would then, so we just had a, we zoomed in into the actual meaning of the word, the etymology of resentment. Now we're going to zoom out and see where is this in the context of practice, in the context of of relationships. So in this, uh, what you see here is on the left-hand side. This is, uh, we're looking at this from the perspective of uh, one school of meditation I went to. It's a clairvision school. And actually, the, the, the name of the school itself comes from these two branches of practice. One is vision, to see reality as it is, to see, to see meaning, my me, to to see what I'm supposed to do, and usually in this part of the practice, in this part of the tradition, it relates to meditation. It relates to vision spaces. It relates to seeing the world, you know, the reality beyond beyond uh, mere appearances. So that's one part of the practice. But a second part of the practice is clarity. And this involves uh, looking at samskaras. Samskaras are imprints in the astral body. These are imprints in our karma. These are So in this area, it's more on past life regression. It's, it's looking at e sourcing, sourcing where things are coming from in our consciousness. This clarity and vision. On the right hand side is from my other school of orgasmic meditation where here direct practice is the practice of OM itself. It's a practice of orgasmic meditation and other practices. And corresponding to the clarity path in clairvision is self-excavation where I look at myself, I am become more self-aware and I really look at every aspect of me. They're both important because uh, in the in this let's say you're um, you're someone who is on a boat and you're rowing and where we want to be the vision we see is right there we need to row to get into that we need to meditate to to, to gain vision to see what's ahead we need direct practice to get 
at our desires, to be connected to our desires. But we could row as hard as we can. We could meditate all day. We could arm all day, all night. But if the boat has an anchor, we won't move. So the clarity path, the self-excavation path, are the sets of practices and techniques we use so that we can remove the anchor that's keeping us from moving forward. So we need the two, because if we remove the anchor, if we focus solely on clarity and self-excavation, then we're not going to move. If we don't actually row with the oar, if we actually don't practice, then it becomes spend our time in the carpet, so to speak. We never get to practice it in the real world. So they play into each other. So we need both sets of we need both sets of practices. So in this particular video, we're going to focus on the clarity side and the self-excavation side. So moving forward, so we've we've discussed that we're doing this to clear up the things that are hindering us from moving forward from seeing our true selves seeing the real world so i'm gonna we're not gonna i'm gonna teach you a practice that um you can easily do that would help you gain gain clarity and also help you self-excavate so the practice is called fear inventory so So fear inventory, it's, um, it's two steps to it. So these are the things you need. You need a timer. I use my phone with inside timer. And you just set it. I recommend you start with 15 minutes, but if you have more, and then later on, if you have more time, you could go 30 minutes, 45, an hour, if you're really if you have lots of things to excavate, you could do two hours. So set the timer and then you need pen and paper. So what you do is start the timer and then you write this out. So you write at the beginning, either God or higher power, I am resentful at so it can be a person. I am resentful at my friend. Let's name her Gina because because I have fear that that I am not meeting up to her expectation. I have fear that I am not treating her well. I have fear that she doesn't see me for who I am. I have fear that she thinks I'm a loser so on so just just keep on writing i have fear that i have fear that relating to that person until the timer goes off similarly it doesn't have to be a person it could be an institution dear god i am resentful at the capitalist the capitalist patriarchy because i have fear that i will not earn enough money to survive i have fear that 
the odds are stacked against me. I have fear that it's destroying the planet and it will kill me. So the focus is on yourself. It's not on the other person. It's it's how it's affecting me. I have fear that I will I will die because of what the, what the capitalists are doing. I have fear that I am part of the problem, not part of the solution. Uh, it can be also an idea. Dear God, I am resentful at jealousy because it's eating me alive. I have fear that it's eating me alive. I have fear that it will poison everything that I have. I have fear that it will make me sick. I, so you just keep on doing that until the timer goes off. And at the end, so when the timer goes off, at the end you write this. God or higher power, I ask you to remove these fears. I pray only for knowledge of your will for us and your power to carry that out for, and then you write the person you started off with or the institution or the idea. So either one of those we started off with. So that's the, so that's the first, first part. So you write the beginning and then you, I have fear, I have fear, fear. Just keep on writing. If, if you run out of things to say, just, you can write the same things multiple times until the set amount of time that you allotted is over. So just keep on pulling it out, pulling it out. And then at the end, you write the ending paragraph. So that's the first part of the practice. The second part is you then, let's say I've, read, I've done my inventory. I then meet with a person that's not subject, that's not the subject of my inventory, who's not in any way going to be affected when I read this inventory to, to them. So they're not, they're not the, the, t the object of the inventory or not related to it, and who's also neutral, who has no say in the matter. So a perfect person to read your inventory to would be your coach, for example, if you, if you have a coach. So you either ring them up or you meet in person and then you just read it, read the inventory. And at the end, after reading that, that neutral person would just say, thank you for your honesty. And then you just tear the inventory up. So that's it, that's the, that's the fear inventory. So you, you just do that. So when I was living in an alm house, we used to do, to do it every day. After alm, we have the inventory. So, so doing this, so let's then zoom out again. So, okay, you, we, do, we do this fear inventory practice, regular practice. Why? why? Why are we doing it? So zooming out again. We're doing this because I'm going to introduce you to something we, we borrow from the integral framework. So earlier on, we looked at the, the human, the person rowing. We said we were working on this side, the clarity and the self-excavation. Now let's zoom out more. So in this um, integral, part of the integral map out there. So here, everything in this column is inside of us or inside. Everything in the right-hand column is outside. Everything in the top row relates to the individual and everything in the bottom row relates to the group. So what we're focused on is on this side, on this lower left-hand quadrant, which is the cleanup 
quadrant. So it's a group. It's inside of us, but it relates to the group. Group in the sense that we're trying to address it inside by doing the inventory because it's inside we need to write it down so we could take it out from being inside into the outside world so we could clarify it we could see it for what it is and maybe it's also helpful at this stage because um, there was a question in in the forum that people were asking about spiritual bypass so all the spiritual work all the work of enlightenment and meditation it belongs here it's it's me as the individual and i'm working on what's inside me i want to wake up waking up means i want to see the reality as it is i do meditation i i, I want to see the spirit of things so i want to wake up wake up to the reality but if i just do that and forget growing up showing up and cleaning up that's a spiritual bypass so i focus on this solely on this quadrant and neglect all the other three that is one way of looking at what spiritual bypasses so you can have an enlightened guru who is really good in meditation who is really good in energy but then can't handle can't clean up relationships is leaving a lot of dirty connections everywhere who refuses to grow up so you can have an enlightened guru an enlightened practitioner who is still stuck in the in the stage of uh, ethnic focus he still thinks that only people of a certain race can can be chosen so you could that totally happens or you can have an enlightened guru who is a bus driver they can't show up to perform in the in the world outside so that's this is how the four quadrants we will go deeper into each of this but for now we're in this quadrant of the cleanup so let's explore that further so in the cleanup quadrant one way of looking at it is this is where all the shadow work happens so if you remember when if you've seen some one of my videos where i discuss the persona the shadow and the animus anima so shadow is so this is persona this is how we want to be looked at the shadow is everything that we don't want to be so the shadow is everything that we don't want to be so when we look when we do shadow work we try to see what's there because we don't want to see it but the point of the shadow work is not that we become the shadow it's not an excuse to be an asshole to be a bastard it's to look at it so that it becomes conscious to us because if we don't do shadow work if we don't look at our shadow we there's a tendency for us to project to project it to other people to institutions to ideas so if so looking back at the in fear inventory we're doing this the fear inventory so that what's hiding in our shadow will become seen by us so if you do it every day regularly you're gonna see oh when you write it because the more you do it the more it becomes less conscious you just your hand just glides and then when you actually read it oh i didn't know i still have i still feel resentful about 
my my school or I didn't know I had this resentment about money I, I thought I, was, I had a good relationship with money. so we expose our shadow to ourselves by doing for example the fear inventory so the the cleanup quadrant is not just that there's other things in it that we could do there's the completing part so this is like areas in our life with where we've started something and we left it there and we just did not complete it. I have friends who have done a completing stage in the cleanup part where they went back to university to finish a degree they left because they, were, they went to do other things. So that's an example. There's also a restore component we could do where let's say I had a fallout with my best friend 10 years ago or 5 years ago. There are practices where we could do where we, I could try to contact him or her or they and restore the connection that was lost. There's also the armoring, so looking at the defenses, the, the, the trauma that we had in the past, and really looking deep at, it, at that. And once we've looked and healed it in a way, we could lower our defenses. When we restored connection, we don't have to pretend. And then when we looked at our shadow, then we don't need to project. To other people we don't need to be angry all the time at everything else apart from me so that's that's um, I'll end here for this video but as you see I've opened up a lot of avenues that we could we could d dive deeper into so if, if if you want me to prioritize I intend to go through the different quadrants and expand it and give more examples and share my own personal experiences in those areas but if you want me to prioritize certain things please feel to send me a message and thank you for your attention and i'll see you in the next video